Hi there, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the Starseed Network podcast. I'm your host and personal spirit guide, Saula Ilona Vaida. And today I'm so excited to be taking you on this journey of exploring our ascension process, our spiritual human experience, and interviewing starseeds and lightworkers all around the world from all different walks of life. So I'm so excited to share this um, beautiful interview with you guys featuring Kasha Rakshana from the Soulful Heart community. If you feel a resonance with what we're talking about here and with parts work and multidimensionality and quantum healing, I really recommend checking out their website, checking out their work because it's so deep and so profound and truly so healing. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share with a friend or anyone who you think would resonate with these messages. And I'm so excited to connect with you guys. You can always reach out to me on TikTok or Instagram at Saule the Starseed. I also offer channeled present moment tarot readings and Reiki and spiritual guidance. So all of these are available through my website. And I'm also offering weekly guided meditations that you can tune into through signing up in the link in my bio or catching it on YouTube. And I'm so excited to share this beautiful interview with you guys. So just sit back, relax, take in the magic and enjoy awesome thank you so much for joining me i'm so excited to share your story with everyone and hear a little bit about your journey yeah yeah, yeah if you i'm excited like to be here thank you so much for having me oh, um, <laughs> uh, well my journey and and just this whole journey with Soulful Heart and, and community mm. and everything. I mean, it's, it is one of my favorite things to talk about is this community that I'm part of and this process, because for me, it's been so in, in just so deeply life-changing um, and soul-shifting over the last 10 years that I've been a part of it. So, and yeah, so it's exciting to have this mm. opportunity. Um, yeah. But my journey started, I, I guess you could say, um, just prior to... 14 years old. So maybe around 12 or 13. Um, I grew up in a Catholic family, went to Catholic school, the whole thing in Canada. Mm -hmm. And then um, around, yeah, preteen, 14 years old, I started to get more into other things. I started to read more, uh, specifically Sylvia Brown. That was my portal. Because my mom was really into her. And at the time, my mom was the demographic that she was mostly like appealing to. So um, I ended up kind of picking up on that and started devouring her books. And and now and now with where I, I'm at with my spirituality, I look back on that and go, oh my God, that's so funny that that's where it started. But everyone has a portal and um, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Yeah, so I, I was just devouring her um perspectives on the other side, for example, and what happens in life after death. And of course, growing up Catholic, you're, it's ingrained in you this certain way of thinking about life after death or the spirit world or anything. And actually, oftentimes it's not talked about. So this was this whole foray for me. And I remember sitting in religion class and just feeling so restless. And it was like almost this Kundalini experience was starting to happen at such a young age where there was just such a, a feeling of this is not enough. This, this cannot possibly be all there is. And I just know that there's so much more than this. 
And already I, I remember I was starting to struggle with this pushback from uh, friends and family that were still very stuck in Catholicism um, or Christianity too. And um, what I had been feeling through or what I had been starting to resonate with, with Sylvia's work, for example, I was trying to, trying to bridge it to them at 14 years old mm-hmm. and getting, getting completely dismissed or feeling mm-hmm. um, already so the loneliness of awakening that we've all experienced. I know you have too. Um, this, this bud was starting to come up and, and no one could hear me. No one could feel me in that and or feel it for themselves and but it was so it's such an exciting visceral experience but no one could could go there with me so I remember that being very heartbreaking as awakenings often are um and then from there it just kind of catapulted I somehow got through the rest of my years of Catholic high school and then um was feeling into what I wanted to do after high school which turned into going to school for theater and wanting at some point um, I started to get more into the Hay House authors and all of that as well. So not just Sylvia, she was my gateway. And I started to go into all these other people and all of their different philosophies and things they were writing about. And um, so this appeal of the sage on a stage thing started to come Mm. up for me, really wanting to do even psychic mediumship work or intuitive life coaching, that kind of thing was already on my radar, something I wanted to do, but I also wanted to go to theater school. So I wanted all of it. Um, And I wanted to somehow bridge being a performer and being something, uh, some kind of world author, world famous author, whatever it was um, at the time. And so from there, it just, it just kept evolving. And I went through the whole theater school thing and, and the whole time I'm in these different acting classes and I'm, I'm diving deeper into myself through these classes, which I think actually that's why a lot of people are drawn to acting, whether or not they actually go on or anything creative. Um, it actually helps you go inward. It, it really is a portal, a really powerful portal into our own souls. And that self-awareness, um, I really started to cultivate that. And sometimes to my detriment, because it would create this really deep self-consciousness at the same time, which again, a lot of artists have. So, but it was, it was again, there was this um, almost soul toggle of this push and pull between wanting to go fully into being a performer, but then also my soul kept calling me into something else. And it was just the bridge wasn't quite happening. Um, but I kept trying. Um, parts of me kept trying for a while. And I graduated school and then moved to Vancouver. And then that's when I met a year later. I ended up meeting Raphael and Jalal, who started Soulful Heart. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I met them, it was about a year after my father passed away. And I had already started to feel like I didn't really belong with my birth family. I was already, I, my, even my move to Vancouver was to, in some way, you know, I, I kind of colored it as I want to be, I want to be where there's lots of mountains and trees. And, and this was from Toronto, by the way. So mm-hmm. I, I went to school in Toronto, which is obviously an artistic hub in Canada, but I felt like I was sealing, I was sealing down. And I actually went for readings and they were telling me the same thing. It was like, okay, well, everyone around me seems to be um, telling me this too. 
validating that for me. So then I moved to Vancouver and I was like, oh, well, I just need more nature. I need to be around more nature. And this is another kind of artistic hub. So I was still holding on to that dream of being this like big creative artist um, while also bridging that with my spirituality somehow. And then my father passed away and that ended up becoming this huge catalyst for me and it just launched me into the even deeper self-realization as going through a death, whether it's in the family or it's just someone that's close to you or someone you've known at all. It, it just helped me um, realize some other dynamics going on inside of me. And at the time, one of those was around men specifically. I had been doing a lot of medicating with men and that was really quite painful to start seeing what I was doing and doing to myself, let alone to other people. Um, and then I ended up, yeah, meeting Raphael and Jalal a year later after all of that was starting. So it was just this ongoing flow for me of diving into myself in these different chapters of my life. And there was something I, I kept going back to inside of myself, this deeper self-discovery and trying to shed layers, even without direct guidance from any particular person or teacher. I just knew that I needed something and I kept, and I kept looking for it and I found it inside more, um, over time, but I also just, I could feel there was this desire in me to lean into something, to lean into someone who could actually help me really feel the pain, that the ache, the throb that kept coming up over and over again, that I couldn't quite touch. It didn't matter what I was trying to do. I even went for, I was the youngest in this group, but I even went to get certified as an intuitive coach um, with Colette Baron-Reed. And I, and it was her first group of coaches that she was training. And I, I went to the resort and all of that in Arizona for that. And it was this really amazing experience in one way, but it was just, um, it set me, well, it did set me on this trajectory of going even deeper inward. That, that also helped pave that path, but it still didn't quite scratch the itch. And trying to make myself into a coach at, at, at that time, I was maybe 23 years old. <laughs> um, I laugh because this probably sounds familiar to you too, with everything you're building <laughs> yeah. at your age. But it, there was still something in me that needed something to lean into. So mm-hmm. then um, when I met Raphael and Jalal again, it was just this realization of, wow, there's something that they're talking about here. There's something that um, they just are as people that really seems to answer something. And I couldn't quite say what it was. And it was really just a social gathering that I met them in. It was um, a meetup group called Meaningful Connections. And I just happened to go because they happened to be living in the Vancouver area at the time. And I just right away felt this connection with them that they were different beings than anyone else I had ever met prior to that. They were people who were very worldly that spoke of things from a different angle than I had yet experienced or seen. And even their relationship, their specific frequency of sacred union was so different than what I had witnessed. And this was a couple that was, you know, she was, I think Shalal was in her late thirties. Um, Raphael would have been in his early fifties, I think, um, something like that. So they were 
older than I was by quite a bit, but it's still for a couple in that age bracket, there was something between them that was consistently loving that I just hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. And they both could offer something, not just to each other. So they weren't at odds. They were, they had such deep resonance too, which I also hadn't seen before as a couple who had been so established and had been together for so long. And just the resonance they offered into the room and this deep rootedness in um, who they were and all you could feel all of the work that they had done with parts of them and just the the quantum level of healing that they had been doing together and separately uh, through this other group that they had been a part of. That's a whole other story of what happened there. But it it really again catalyzed this whole this whole obviously next 10 years of my life. And so the journey since then has been one that actually feels even more relevant than the 10, 12 years that I had spent spinning wheels around all these Mm -hmm. other offerings and teachers prior to them is as soon as I met them, it's like this last decade of my life has just been a complete and total upheaval of everything that I thought I would become everyone that I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was just such a, it became such a deep, 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 deep dive into not just parts of me on this therapeutic bandwidth level, but so much deeper than that. And it became quantum so quickly for me is that's where I needed to go right away when I started the process, um, which they, they weren't even offering this process right away when I met them. I was actually, because I was in the room and I needed something and they were responding to that that's when Soulful Heart started. So I actually oh, wow. was part of that co-founding without even meaning to be. Wow. And it was cool because it was something that I had always wanted to be a part of something that was grassroots, that wasn't mm. necessarily well-established and that was doing new things. So this, uh, just this approach to parts work and how, how deeply I experienced being felt. And I didn't really know prior to them what it meant to be felt by the divine, by my, by me, by me, myself and I, or by any, let alone by any human being around me. And I just remember how different that was to realize that's what was going on. Like, this is, this is authentic empathy. This isn't someone that's just performing this. This is real. They're actually in the trenches with these parts of me right now while I'm feeling them. And that is a really big deal. And that moved so much for me just to feel cared for in that way, to feel so loved in that way. And so from there, it was, it's been just this off and on uh, process is I was 24 when I met them and I, I needed to have that handrail of everything that they were offering and all the energy they held in the room with me while having life be the bigger facilitator because I had a lot of growth I still needed to go through. It being early to mid twenties, it's, it's real that how much life experience you need to gather to become who you're going to become. So I really uh, ended up needing these several breaks in the last 10 years from Soulful Heart to go off on my own for a while, to feel who I really was, even in that way. And 
it really helped to uproot any codependence that had started to happen between me and them, which I think is something that makes Soulful Heart really unique as well, is that we can let people go and we can let them in, we can let them go and let them in and just breathe with it. And it's not, it's not like we hold on tightly to anyone. If we do feel that attached to anyone, we feel that from this parts level, but also medicine and other lifetimes and so on. So it's, it's been really um, a key part of my journey, actually, to recognize those that all the starts and stops in my process, if you could call them that, even though I still was doing the parts work even on my own as much as I could, because I, I knew it was my handrail and I, mm-hmm. it was how I could relate to myself. And those were my deepest awakening experiences. And I, I knew I needed those experiences of being in the tumble dry experience sometimes of just being in the matrix on your own, feeling, feeling completely alone. And then having that beautiful awakening of realizing that you really are held and it doesn't depend on anyone else around you to feel how held you are, even though it is okay to lean into others that you've trust that parts of you trust in order to open up that portal to mm-hmm. feeling the divine um, is with you and starting to heal that separation wound. So uh, there's been in the last decade, just countless, countless waves of feeling the depths of that separation wound with the divine and, and the pain of being in the matrix and the pain of being born in the matrix, even though my soul so knows what it's like to not be born in the matrix. All of our souls know that mm-hmm. we all have different degrees of this pain to feel in different phases of our lives. And that's really important to lean into that. It feels like, and it certainly has been for me and being in sacred union, my own sacred union now with Gabriel and, and even our starts and stops of our relationship over the last eight or nine years together has been another deepening of that experience of healing the separation wound. And that continues to, to open out for me too. So along the way, um, I would say those are the biggest awakening experiences just to quickly summarize that, you know, I I could go into more detail there, but there's been a lot of different openings in terms of Kundalini rushes. Sure. You know, all the stuff people Mm -hmm. talk about, you experience that in this process and way of life, but it's such an integrated or integrating way of life Mm -hmm. that you, you don't just experience something like that. And then you're just kind of left out in the open, like, uh, okay, I just, I just opened myself out. Now what it actually, then we take it into, into the parts and ground it there. We take it into the quantum and feel the metasoul. We take it in, in, into these other lifetimes and feel what needs to be felt there. Feel it with the gatekeeper. And, and these are all different parts and aspects. I'm just saying, so your listeners mm-hmm. might be like, what? But um, there's lots of information on our website too that uh, we go into about this. But my journey, I guess, um, in some is is different than a lot of other people's, but I think is pretty relatable to different chapters of it. And and um, it's so it's so hard to get into all the details of it. It's so yeah. funny because it's like I haven't really um I'm realizing I haven't talked about it for a while. So mm. I hope that was a pretty good you can ask me anything you want to to dive yeah. in to deeper aspects of it if you want to. But 
Mm-hmm. That's so, it's so full, like everything that you share. Yeah. It's like, it's so rich. Like, ah, oh, I have so many questions. I don't know where to start. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's, I, I would love to know about like what kind of like that process looked like when you first connected with Raphael and Joel and you, you realize this and then you're kind of navigating like matrix oh, experiences yeah. and soulful heart and like bridging the two. Like, what did that look sure. like? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, um, the night I met them, that fateful night in North Vancouver, <laughs> um, just prior to that, actually Raphael had reached out to me personally on meaningful connections and on the group mm-hmm. on meetups. I don't, I, I don't know if you've ever gone to a meetup group, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it used to be a much bigger thing when I was here. Yeah. yeah, before really, COVID. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Now, now it's all Zoom groups and stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I remember even his message to me, it was, um, I had had, like I said, such a thing with men prior to my mm. father passing away. And then that suddenly I realized I was looking for my dad in everyone. And that was part of the weirdness that was going on between me and men, and especially older men. I'd had several experiences with older men and, and Raphael being an older man, there was already this like tension of what does this older man mm. want from me? But I remember his message having such a pure tone to it. And I could tell that this was a man I could trust mm. right away. And as soon as I met him, his energy was so unique and it was really awkward because I didn't know how to, it, at the time, I remember part of me could, could deal with a flirty older man you know, and, and just as weird as that sounds. And I'm sure a lot of people yeah. can relate to that. Yeah. Um, cause you just don't know how to deal with the situation. So you're just, you know, mm-hmm. find a way, but with him right away, the energy was so clean. And mm-hmm. I remember that being quite a shock to my system, especially in hindsight, realizing what was awkward was I didn't know, part of me didn't know how to be around an older man who could treat me that way, who could treat Mm -hmm. me with a lot of respect and not be expecting anything from me and be genuinely spiritual and heartful. He Mm -hmm. has such a heart warmth that was so, that is so signature Raphael, Mm -hmm. as you felt, I'm sure. There's just something so unique in that man, right? So, (laughs) so I remember then um, meeting Jalel. And of course they were going by Wayne and Jillian at the time. Um, so they've since changed their names just as I have. And Mm. so in some ways I was meeting parts of them, but also their essences that they are today. And I remember when I met Jalel, it was again, that there was a soul recognition with her of this is a woman who is older than me, but I don't feel, I feel her genuine heart openness toward me. Mm. There's no sense of competition. There's no sense of of um, sizing me up at all. And I didn't realize how much I had been experiencing that until I met her. Mm-hmm. Or me doing that, parts of me doing that with other people, to be fair, as well. Mm-hmm. It was shorn of that when I met them. There was just this pure tone to it. And in Raphael and Shalel fashion, this was not a light social evening. They had questions um, that they wanted us to answer prior to the night, just so that we would have something to dive into. Because the whole point was meaningful connections. And they had been aching for deeper connections with people since leaving their previous spiritual community and group. And so there were these different deep diving kinds of questions. I can't remember what any of them were. And then as we were all digesting everyone in the group, uh, digesting the, their answers together, I remember 
Jalel started talking about parts and she was referring to a part of her. And right away, I felt what she was talking about. It was like this, I zeroed in on it and could feel, I just felt it. It, it was just that marked moment in, in that evening. And then as, when she started to talk to me about parts of me that she could feel, that she started to get a sense of, because she wasn't reading us out. It was more just feeling it out as we were answering some questions. I knew exactly what she was talking about right away. I said, oh my God, I so feel that. I feel that inner child you're referring to. Oh my God. And it just started to, uh, something more vulnerable in me was able to come out than prior to, than any other groups I had been a part of. It didn't matter how welcoming or warm they were. It was just being greeted with that degree, that depth of empathy and someone who has so genuinely done the work and is embodying the work that um, she's energizing to, to uh, feel into. So, um, yeah, that was another moment. I remember just starting to get really attached to them, which parts of me do right away Mm -hmm. or have done really, uh, historically with as soon as there's resonance, just latching onto it. Mm -hmm. And I remember they wouldn't quite let me do that. They, they kept a safe, um, distance in a way part of me wanted to actually like have a sleepover with them and like have (laughs) breakfast with them the next morning you know it was really (laughs) cute and they bring this up today because it's a really cute story and how they had to navigate that with me just going okay well that depth of social doesn't quite work you know and but there was this inner child in me that just wanted family and hadn't really had resonant family in this in soul family that my soul knew I was meant for. So it's like, I, this, these were the people that I had been waiting for for so long. And I finally found them and I was going to latch on to them. Parts of me were. And so I started to just kind of hang out with them once in a while. They'd invite me over for tea or a check-in. And then Shalel eventually offered to start doing sessions with me. She said mm-hmm. that they were going to start working with people again. And, and this was an opportunity for me to be close with them, appropriately close, not overly socializing and peerizing or trying to pretend I'm on the same level as them, which I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. more so now than ever because of the amount of work I've done, but just recognizing where they were, not in a hierarchy, but in just a depth of embodiment. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you felt that too. You can feel mm-hmm. the difference between where you are and where someone else is who's maybe just awakening. You can bridge to them, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be close and social with them. Mm-hmm. so that's that was where they were coming from and so I started doing these sessions with them and and it just right away I started feeling this inner teenager and I could feel into the seductress energy as well and I felt my gatekeeper right away and the gatekeeper is this aspect that is kind of the protector of your soul mm-hmm. right the protector of all your medicine timelines you've met yours and <laughs> so it's it's just this shape-shifting energy that also tends to drive the bus in terms of our draw to service and mm-hmm. especially big souls like ours. It's big souls, young bodies. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always work for them. They really want to push us to go beyond that. And sometimes yeah. just, you know, turn up the dial on the crank of the dial, even on Kundalini awakenings or whatever it is, just the awakening experience mm-hmm. in order to pop us into something new and out of the matrix, hopefully. But that doesn't quite, it can't quite 
our own work. So I remember having to feel mine right away because here I am in their living room at 24 saying I wanted to do all of this work for humanity and for the world. And then also wanted to be a performer and really confused about how all that was going to work and what was real. And to say that, you know, all of that work didn't drop me into some kind of existential crisis, identity crisis <laughs> at 24 would be a lie because it definitely did. Mm. And all of a sudden I have these parts to take care of. So it's like this feeling of, oh, I just got kids dropped into my lap that mm-hmm. now I'm responsible for. And how the hell do I do that at this age? Wow. Um, and I, I remember feeling so overwhelmed in moments by that experience, but then it was just amazing um, in another way to just just go into that and just feel it out and feel how, and let the tension about doing that be real. Let it all be real. Mm. Let the, the tension about, um, feeling the seductress, for example, and who ended up being, um, in hindsight, I can see this. She was a medicinal aspect. She wasn't, she was from another lifetime. She wasn't just mm. a, a part that formed to deal with men in this lifetime. She's been with me before and I've been her before. So that was, so that's interesting to feel that too, but even feeling that responsibility for that energy inside of me, it's like suddenly that was a really huge awakening to realize all these different dynamics going on inside that I really am responsible for. I'm responsible for how they interface with life, if they interface with life and also how they integrate after feeling them for, for a while, um, so that was really how it all started was it started with just these three or four different parts um, that came up pretty quickly and just diving in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, right away, it was, it was like the deep end, but I was, I was ready. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I can really relate to that. <laughs> like I bet, being yeah. thrown into the deep end and you're like, Oh my gosh. What now do I do this, now? Part, this part is coming up and now this yeah. one came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you guys, the way that you kind of frame things is so different than any other mm. like spiritual teacher group. It's like, I feel like yeah. there's a lot of fixation on like manifestation and law of attraction. Exactly. And, like, and six figure stuff. income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's like, how do you guys frame with like frame that? How do you like work with um, those different dynamics? That's a really good question. Um, you're good at this. That's a, such a good question because that is such a pervasive, like the secret and all of that. That's mm-hmm. such a big, I think that's such an important portal for people. And when it comes to the beginning of their awakening and, and if they deepen in that path, then that's amazing for them. Their soul is supposed to do that. For me, it was never the answer. It didn't answer enough of the pain. Mm -hmm. It was, Mm -hmm. it became, um, to me, it became clear that if I were going to go, if I was going to go down that road, it would have been a way to cope with pain rather than actually heal it. It was a way to almost leapfrog over it too and transcend it and float above it rather than dive into it. And, you know, letting yourself feel it, really feel mm. what's going on. I've never in my whole life been afraid of feeling. I've all, I was always a sensitive kid and I, I always, I could cry at the drop of a hat and I often did. <laughs> so I never had a problem with feeling. And so going into this work, that's been a huge thing for me, but what I've, what I see in spirituality is this, um, modern day spirituality, especially is a fear of feeling, which is really understandable. Mm -hmm. 
It really is because it really is a lot that our souls are packing here. There's a lot of suitcases that we have to unpack and it really can be manageable. It's like what Raphael says is um, manageable nervous breakdowns. Um, yeah. are what happen in this work. And it, it that's not a huge selling point. <laughs> yeah. This is why we can't really market Soulful Heart. It has to be such a deep soul calling. And even to go in as deeply as you have, like you felt some really dark, mm-hmm. really difficult stuff and there's always more. So, yeah. you know, it, but it really has to be this trust in what life brings you and just milking it for all it's worth. And I think that mm-hmm. when it comes to the the manifestation lens, it's like, that's really cool when that kind of thing happens, synchronicities mm. and all of that alignments. I mean, holy crap, that's amazing when those things open out, but it's like, where does it land inside of you if you're just expecting it to happen? If parts of you are are like, okay, well, I'm going to, because parts will do this too. Mm. They'll stack their deck and they'll, they'll try to make, make things happen and, and connect A to B and B to C. And they'll be very good at that, but how fulfilled are they? And it's that, that deeper unfulfillment of really just trying to make something happen so that it looks like you're healing or you feel like you're healing, but it only goes about an inch deep, not to the deeper subsoils beneath the ground, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with living that way or doing spirituality that way. I do want to say that. It's not, this isn't a criticism of that. It's just it when you start going into that deeper territory, it's unmistakable that that's not enough. And whatever you manifest, it won't be enough. Mm, ultimately yeah. for those parts of you that are trying so hard to make things happen, to stack the deck, in their own favor. They could be amazing alchemists and just incredible at making stuff like that happen, but does it scratch the deeper itch, which is a longing for the divine. Mm. So you can have six figures. Is it actually making you happy? I'll bet that there's a part of you that isn't happy, even in the pursuit of it, because there's usually an inner punisher in there too that's saying, oh, you need to be doing more of this. You need to be making sure this happens. You don't look good enough for this. You got to keep the list goes on. And I've definitely had that too, the self-beratement inside from parts that have been wanting to make things happen instead of being in deeper surrender to the divine and to my own heart. What actually fulfills my heart and soul, not just what would satisfy or placate something in my soul to show the matrix that I've got its number. And mm-hmm. I know how to, I know how to get in there, in there with you and rumble with you and, and still make things happen in my favor. It's like that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be satisfying actually, because I wouldn't find the divine in that. I wouldn't find the divine in me in that mm-hmm. without letting myself have those again, tumble dry. I love that. I love that expression. <laughs> Feeling like you're in a tumble dry and, and you're just collapsing everything and you're, and you're deconstructing and you're just deep diving and the divine comes up to hold you the divine inside of you and you feel the divine around you yeah I guess that's the long answer to that question but that's that's beautiful yeah that's that's very real that's the collapse energy that's unavoidable and like that's kind of what Mm -hmm. makes this process so deep is because like it Mm -hmm. literally does transform you like you don't know where you're gonna end up like you can't visualize or plan your future you can't like write out affirmations about about it and 
Yeah, sure. it's like, yeah, I've, I've personally seen like even when external manifestations do come in, there's still like, mm-hmm. okay, this is cool. Like, this is great. But like, I still want more because it's like your ego is like never really satisfied in that way. Right. You'll yeah. always want more. Parts of you will always want more. And it's just painful. It gets painful mm-hmm. eventually. I think it takes some people maybe the whole rest of this life to catch up to that. But it it can happen really quickly too, that suddenly you hit a wall and wow, this, this really hasn't been enough. Even all of this beautiful, this trail of beautiful things that I've created or drawn, mm-hmm. it's still not enough. Why isn't it enough? And that's a question I think that's really personal though too. I can, I can give a kind of road answer on that or, or say in general, well, it's because it's not, it's not landed in, in your divine self really. Mm. Um, but I think it's just such a, there's so many personal reasons why parts feel that way too. Yeah. So do you find that like, so your process of more like acceptance and exploration, like you actually find yourself more where the divine, like more aligned with the divine, where the divine wants you to be. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's really confusing too, but just even dropping into that confusion is so sacred. It's letting every mm-hmm. nuanced feeling be sacred. Mm-hmm. No, I, I need to, okay. I, the, like the secret, for example, okay. My, my feelings aren't aligning with my thoughts and that's why I'm not, I'm mismanifesting mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm, I'm drawing what I don't want. Damn it. Yeah. Now what do I do about that? And then there's again, that self punisher that comes in and that is, that is telling you you're doing it wrong, but it's like, how, what, how does that actually help you heal things mm. on a deeper level? Um, sorry, I ended up on a tangent there. Oh, I don't no, remember what the original question was. <laughs> Your answer to beautifully. That was exactly okay, good. what we yeah. <laughs> I'm not very linear. It's so hard to like, because uh, oh, I, I tend to do that sometimes just go off on a certain point because it occurs to me. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it's, it's divine. <laughs> Um, I think your question was something about the the divine in all of that, right? Or how to, oh, yeah. the self-acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah, or like how to like accept and yeah. be like letting go of like trying to control the outcome of like, oh, this is what right. I want to manifest. This is the life I want to live instead of being like, right, right. what does the divine want from me? <laughs> right, exactly. And it's, you in a way, it's like you won't actually, I don't know if we can manifest anything. The divine doesn't say, sure. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, go through this experience and it might be a mixed one, but here it is. So this, this is amazing, an amazing start, but then let's see where else it takes you. They we're always going to be, in my experience, offered paths to go down that just offer us more and more growth. So it's like mm-hmm. there, in that way, there's no mistakes. There's no missteps along the way. There's no mismanifesting. I don't know if I'm making that word up, but it sounds pretty good. Um, you can't just like, you know, there's no wrong angle to take when it comes to anything. The divine loves us no matter what. And if mm. that's our trampoline uh, or our, our safety net to land in, then there really is nothing that we can do wrong. And the divine guidance um, can be so specific and clear. And sometimes it still leads us into a path that's got quite a bit of brambles and we have to do a lot of bushwhacking and there's some difficulty, but that doesn't make it less sacred or less divinely guided. Sometimes that happens too. I've certainly experienced that where it's like, oh God, here I am getting another tough reflection from my Mm. beloveds about how I've impacted them, for example, or Mm. how, how they've experienced me in the last couple of days. And 
And that can be really painful to take in. And I, parts of me could go, okay, well, why did I step in that? I should have just stayed home, for example, or mm. oh, why was I edgy in that moment? I shouldn't have been edgy because they're calling me out on that. Instead, it's going, well, I couldn't see that without their reflections. Mm. If the divine hadn't somehow orchestrated this whole situation, even if it's messy as hell, I, I couldn't have seen something in myself that I need to see. I couldn't have helped someone else see something in themselves that they needed to see. So mess is always sacred. This this feeling of um, you know if it's not if it's not in divine alignment, we're going to go through hell. It's like sometimes the divine mm-hmm. puts us into the inferno, mm-hmm. and our souls choose that as well. Our soul says yes, and the divine says yes. You need to go through this, and we do. And that's mm-hmm. what the experience of deeper awakening is, in my experience of it. But then there's also the open out of bliss on the other side of that, that comes from deep feeling. Mm, Yes. That's so profound. Yeah. (laughs) I would also love to know like your take right now on, you know, cause we're as a collective, we're kind of like moving through this fourth dimensional, almost feeling like timeline now. Um, Like, yeah. Yeah. How are you guys kind of taking that in? Like, like that, transition and like the fourth dimension and also being the fifth dimension and like all these different oh, totally. dimensions at once. <laughs> well, like, this whole mess with all these different mainstream narratives going on that people are buying into. And mm-hmm. um, this is all 4D awakening. In our sense of it, this is a very sacred time actually of messy as hell, lower 4D movement. So it's actually is a step up. And even, even the woke, even the, the, all of that, it's like, they, they all need their sacred phase of that. We're not in that place, but it's okay if people are, even though it, it is causing a lot of pain, um, to themselves and other people or, or whatever, um, people subscribe to while this consciousness awakening is happening around the world, every stratum of that of consciousness right now has to be is is ultimately a part of that ascension process it feels like and it feels like hell at times and it is literally hell at times and yet to come back to the sense of we're held no matter what every single one of us there's no there's no favoriting by the divine in any of this right so this this lower 40 experience that we are going through globally is really important all the tumult all the polarizations all the pain it has to come out it was always mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. it was always waiting and you've been through awakening experiences like mm-hmm. this too where something just pops up all of a sudden like a fisher and and that's it's just where you have to go with it. It's just yeah. into that doorway of feeling that. And then you get to the other side of it. And that is what it feels like is happening collectively. And we're all individually in our own processes of feeling that for ourselves. All of our souls are being activated in whatever way they need to be right mm-hmm. now, or not activated at all. In some cases you could say, but it, it all feels like a really essential part of the global awakening. And it cannot be skipped over. We can't leapfrog mm-hmm. over this one. We have to go through it because there's also a lot of things to atone for. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. we're being punished. It just means that we're reconciling with what we've done in other lifetimes, for example, or what we've been a part of with this matrix, with anchoring mm-hmm. the matrix. So the 4D has a matrix too. So we're just going into another kind of matrix here and it's energized by star beings and all of that. There's so many places to go around that and, and 
many different fingers we could point here, but it really all comes down to feeling our own accountability in and our own peace in all of this. And, and what is it that we need to feel individually? And that isn't just the mess. That's also what's good. What are we trying to serve? What are purifying our own intentions? Those of us who are called to service continually being in the fires of the purification of that too, so that we really can birth golden earth. We really can Mm. birth new earth uh, rather than the new world order. There is that Mm. bifurcation going on as well, which also feels really sacred and scary at times, Mm -hmm. admittedly. I'm not above the fear. Uh, None of us are. Mm -hmm. We all have this last planetary alignment thing too has really been, we've all found it to be this poultice of fear. And that's all very sacred to feel as well in, in all of this. We can't just, uh, I find it, it can't just focus on what's coming. You also have to be with the grief of what is now and yeah, yeah the pain of, of what's moving through. Feeling the cries yeah. of the world is so important too and, and so mm. cleansing and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's easy to be like, Oh, I want to just live in my little bubble and see all the good things in my life. And I don't want to feel all the other scary things happening in the world. But it's yes. like, we, we are all connected in that way, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. It's always moving through us at the same mm. time. And sometimes we do drop into things that aren't ours, but that's real mm. as well. And but honoring that when that happens and making space for it is just as important as making space for yourself. And I think that's where some empaths get caught uh, uh, too is mm. in, okay, I'm feeling the cries of the world again. And I can't, it's theirs. It's like, no, it's also yours. Cause you're part of this human collective. It doesn't mean you have to take it on. Um, but if you're resonating with it, there's something deeper to feel there too. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's good to move it through the heart space. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and how do you like, so uh, like with the bifurcation process, like, how are you feeling into that? Like with what's happening? Like, how are you guys viewing that? (sighs) You know, it's really quite painful to feel sometimes Mm -hmm. there's this, these waves that we go through that I've gone through in meditation to feeling feeling this grieving process of the bifurcation that feels like a a really essential part of it, honoring that this, they have to go, people have to go this way and we have to go this other way and not diminishing that process of, Mm. of the differences. It's like when I said goodbye to birth family Mm. 10 years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago, um, with very little contact with them since then, it was that sense of it, you know, the door is still open if they're curious about what I'm doing and all of that, but they're not, they don't feel like deep soul family to me. So I said goodbye to them, but that's also honoring their consciousness and my own at the same time as you've done too. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, to honor that part of your awakening. And this is what's happening globally. So we are seeing this really painful process of realizing where the dissonance is and where the resonance is and that to me is the biggest individual experience of bifurcation too. So there's the big global one happening where we're seeing different camps of people going one way or another, but then we're also in experiencing it individually with our friends and family, especially through this whole COVID narrative of the mm. last couple of years, and especially with the jabs 
as well. Yeah. You know, that's been a huge, huge point of contention. And I think a lot of people have felt really betrayed. Mm. Oh my God, I thought you would be with me on this. No, I'm not. Okay. Now what do we do? And it is, it is creating that it's amplifying that polarization. So, but it really feels like a necessary time of, again, reconciling those differences, really feeling them and letting them be real, not paving them over and not being in an over-tolerance kind of space either, mm. because we have to have our, our reactions to that and our response to it and try not to judge perhaps, but if there's judgments inside, there's going to be judgments outside. So this is, again, where parts work and quantum healing of medicinal aspects that are pinging in other lifetimes and triggered at this time too. They've all been through this. We've been through this before. This isn't really a new experience, actually. It's new for this consciousness we're in right now, but it's not new to our souls. We've been through this with Atlantis, Lemuria, Mm. countless times. What we haven't experienced is the resolution of this. That's, That's what I felt this summer, especially. It was just how much pain there is in the soul because of that. Mm. So this whole overarching process of this, not that, um, is ongoing. And I feel like it's going to be ongoing for a while and answers around it, how to be with it will just become clearer and clearer as we go on and everyone will find their unique way of being with it. But it is nice to have a handrail of a process, a way of life, a community that you can lean into and resonate with and really continue your own growth, um, no matter the cost in a way, as hard as that is. Yeah. I I really feel that, like that kind of bifurcation (laughs) happening, like with family and friends and, you know, people's making decisions about their bodies and like what's going to happen with their DNA. And it's, it's almost like when you get the sense of like fully committing and being like, okay, I'm, I'm fully committing to my divine path. And sometimes it even feels like those timelines do diverge. Like you sometimes it's like synchronicities line up where it's like, oh, I'm actually not restricted in travel. Like actually mm-hmm. no one is asking me anything or no mm-hmm. one is stopping me from doing what I want to do. Right. So like, is that, that's like how, I don't know. It's almost like living in like a layered timelines and like, Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like yesterday I was really feeling like a huge sense of grief just for like the amount of loss of life of mm. people and like, yes. yeah, yeah, like the freedoms being taken away from people around the world and just, just mm. feeling all of that and like how it even connects with like the Magdalene timelines and like yes. the crucifixion, yes. all that you guys have been going into with as well. It's it's, it's very profound and it's almost sometimes it's like, wow, like how can I possibly believe that all of this is happening all at the same time? And then I still wake up and the sun is like, the sun's shining and the sky's blue and I'm I'm breathing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just so interesting to like be in that vortex and and be in all of that. Totally. Totally. And the the Magdalene souls, Magdalene and soul family that's such a specific frequency and experience Mm. as well and that yeah that witness of Yeshua's crucifixion and why he went through that and what we were all anchoring those who those of us who were there Mm. um, to help make that happen that crossover it's it's really profound to bring that into the space too and remember that time and how the Magdalene's had to separate and they had their they were their own entity 
in in this umbrella of the Essenes too. So they mm-hmm. were they were their own community. They had differences from the rest of the Essenes. So you know right, that right there says a lot. Too, yeah, so. yeah, and and those books like mm-hmm. um, the second one especially, I started reading like this past like August, September, as I was embarking on my own journey and like everything that I was reading was so comforting, like just Mm -hmm. being with that uncertainty, Mm -hmm. leaning into faith, like leaning into soul family and like even what, what they were navigating with like the three Marys and their relationship with Yeshua. Like I even saw parts of that starting to reflect like in my life. And I was like, whoa, like all of these different things. It's, it's, it's so fascinating. So yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like those handrails, like holding on to some, some connection at some degree. Yes. Those books are so profound. They really Mm -hmm. do offer a lot. I've had to, with both of the Anna books, I've had to, and the Magdalene books, I've had to really, um, take them a chunk at a time and like let let my it was funny my soul organically paced my taking in of those books Mm -hmm. I would devour certain sections and then not even without even consciously meaning to take a break for a while and then go back into it and it'd be the perfect timing to go back into it at that particular section it was you know the Magdalene's are always kind of doing that with us in ways that we don't quite understand consciously Mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's cool that it inspired you so much for your own journey and um, ongoingly too it's such an important touchstone for us yeah just like coming coming back because there's also like that that soul ache as well yes. like there's yeah. that desire to like to be there to be back in that timeline and in that place so yeah. it's like sometimes reading it creates almost like this like sadness of like oh I want to be you know with my I community know. and stuff like that <laughs> yeah that soul pain for the Magdalene's is real, that, that pining, that longing to Mm. be back in that, because that depth of resonance and Mm -hmm. just the conscious initiations, they were tough initiations. Um, but I mean, speaking of what's going on in the world right now, I don't know anything tougher than what we're going on, what we're going through Mm -hmm. right now. But as you know, from reading the books, they would, they would put themselves in some really crazy situations for initiations, but they would all be in mm-hmm. it together. And yeah. that's, I think what, what hurts the most sometimes is feeling like we don't have one another as mm-hmm. touchstones anymore, as handrails, as, as a community. It's not the, the diaspora, the separation of the Magdalene's is still real. It still vibrates. Yeah. So bringing everybody back together is an ongoing challenge. And is mm. it's such a, such a sovereign individual choice to, yeah. to say yes to that and everything that that calls you to. Sometimes it calls you to your own crucifixion. So mm. it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And what have you, how have you guys been like navigating, like expanding your community? Cause I know you guys are, you're always like mm. growing and shifting and yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's always, uh, it's always this in and out breath of, uh, we don't mm. know what's going to happen with people. And it's, it's important to honor the sovereignty of, of soul choice. And this is, I think, again, something that makes us different from other groups is we're not going to say, well, all are welcome. It's like all are welcome to explore, but not everyone's going to authentically keep qualifying to mm-hmm. stay in close intimacy with us, especially at the core where we are right now. And that's not 
a lesser or more scenario. It's an honoring of the soul's path and what Mm. they need to walk out, just like they've had to let me go several Mm. times without knowing if I was going to come back. And we've done that with several people, you know, and and even letting you go from Mm. sessions. It was like, that was such a tender thing, but it was this recognition of your soul's onto something here and you need to construct it. And this is such a deconstructive process. But so the door is still open, as you know, but it's it's really honoring your soul. And that's what we do with everyone. So it's we can't grab and hold on to anyone. And that mm. sometimes hurts too. It hurt to lose you, mm-hmm. to let you go. But it was also this like precious thing of recognizing what you needed to do. And, and it's good to see you flourishing. So it's like, okay, that was a good choice. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's, it is like that with everyone that comes our way. It's this honoring and recognition that this isn't for everyone, this mm. particular flavor of work that we do, or it's just not the phase for everyone that even is soul family. They, you guys have sometimes other work you're meant to do other than be with us physically or even in ongoing sessions virtually. Mm. So that's been an, uh, yeah, this, this navigation for us of, feeling it. We feel the grief of the letting go of souls and we feel the joy of letting them in and we feel the ongoing initiations they need to go through too when they do keep saying yes to this work and that we all have to keep saying yes to. Mm. It's ongoing initiations for all of us. and, And then we get into this microcosm of sacred unions within this community. And then that's a whole other enchilada here of initiations and ongoing yeses or nos. And then what do you do? And so when it comes to growing our community, it has to be organic in that way. And it really is this holding people with an open palm. We really love that analogy because it's, it's like, we do hold them. We hold them in our hearts. We hold them in session space. We hold them in this community, but we also keep our hands open and don't grab on Mm. because that's really important to, to really let it breathe in that way. So the, Mm. yeah. So to answer that question, it's like, uh, there's these in and outs that we go through with, with people and it's never easy we can't say that it's easy. Sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes it's clearer than others what's going on and what's not happening or what is happening. Um, but there's always this desire for more, to experience more intimacy with soul family and, and mm-hmm. having people come closer. But it is that ongoing feeling it out uh, moment to moment and session to session and seeing what what actually is right for that soul. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, because you guys hold a very, very specific vibration that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be very yeah. like triggering to try to match exactly. for some people. <laughs> it, it yeah. is triggering. It's actually kind of by design. The, mm-hmm. the Magdalene's, it, the initiations are trigger points. And it's, are you ready to walk through that portal though of that trigger mm-hmm. and really feel what it is that you would need to let go of in order to walk through the portal? And that's the, that's where I think people hit is that next space, that next portal to go into is too triggering and it's not Mm. self-loving to try and navigate that right now. Maybe we'll visit it in 10 years or maybe next year or next month, but you need to breathe. And that's mm. the, I feel the Magdalene's fully supporting that breathing, even though they long as well to have us all come back together. They want that more than anything. 
Mm. But they, they also get that what we're dealing with in our dimension and in this lifetime is so much, so much insidious stuff, so much pain that every mm. individual has been through. So, uh, honoring all of those steps and all of those triggers and the difficulties and then the openings too. It's just, it's just deep, but it is very specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is such a juicy interview. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. <laughs> yes. This is, this is so, so valuable. And I feel like we could do a whole episode just on sacred union. <laughs> as could. Well one day. <laughs> could. Totally. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else you feel like you'd like to share with anyone listening or any advice oh, or anything there? Um, well, one thing I do want to say is that um, <laughs> even if some of some of you are, are kind of um, a little scared of some of what I'm feeling, of, of what I'm offering or um, talking about, or if you feel really... Uh, wow, this is, this is so interesting. I want to dive more into it. I just want to invite you to feel into having um, a free intro with one of us. So there's four of us that are facilitating in Civil Heart right now. And so if you wanted to talk with one of us for this free 45 minute to an hour, approximately call, and it's not diving into the parts or the process, but really feeling it out with individual people, what is right for them at this time. Mm -hmm. and what the timing is. So it's not about a sales call or a sales pitch. We're not trying to get your money or anything. It's, it's mm -hmm. as much as we would love that. It's also this, this really earnestly feeling it out uh, with our integrity in the room and yours as well. And I just want to say that if you want to have a deeper conversation with me or my beloved Gabriel or Raphael Shalal, just, um, contact, contact us somehow. We're very reachable and, uh, we definitely welcome those conversations if you feel called. Um, but other than that, it's like, no matter, no matter what path you choose, I really feel this, this ongoing invitation from the divine to just feel it all. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter to what degree you're willing to feel or ready to feel right now, but just to feel and feel yourself, feel the world and let it all move through like water. Let it just be, let it be real and let it move at the same time. Let it come up and really having that validation of your human experience as well as your spiritual one. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I feel so much like that's the deepest support and invitation from the divine now and always is to be with all of those steps and, and keep validating the ongoing journey. So. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, you're so welcome. It's an honor to have you. <laughs> oh, it's an honor to be here truly. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Oh, so where can people find you? Where can people reach out to you? Um, well, our, our website is soulfulheart.org. I had to remember mm -hmm. what the website was for a second there. <laughs> oh, goodness. Sally, I don't know where you took me today. I feel like I'm in five different dimensions right now. <laughs> um, but I'm in, I'm in the salad dimension. Um, 
Yeah, it, it uh, it's yeah. So our website is soulfulheart.org. Um, soulfulheart.org slash sessions specifically is about mm. sessions and also the free intro calls. Um, our our each of our biographies are on there too, are on the website if you want to read more about our individual journeys. Um, we also have soulfulheartblog.com if you want to read um, all of our different articles and so on that we've written. We're all on Facebook. We're all on Instagram. Mm. Um, varying degrees of engagement on all of those <laughs> platforms, but you can find us pretty much anywhere. So mm-hmm. if you're curious about, um, finding, finding out more, you can always message me if you find me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever too. I would love to respond to that. Honestly, it would make my yeah. heart so happy, uh, to yeah. feel that, that curiosity. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> also, you guys do amazing group calls. Uh, yeah. yes there's also group calls uh that's thank you for mentioning that there's <laughs> if sessions are a little too much right now to even begin to feel into we also have group calls that you can buy just by donation you can just send a donation of any amount to Shalel's paypal or um just go to our website to our shop and and send a donation there and you can buy the link to any recording of any group call and just start start diving into the soulful heart vibe which um, is very specific and does take some acclimating to actually really have to calibrate to it. It's such a strong frequency that just keeps getting stronger, it seems. So, um, yeah, I do recommend group calls for sure. And you could probably yeah. even recommend to individual people what the, where they should go with that or whatever, but. Oh yeah. Like free to be one, two oh, and yeah. free to be five D that sent me like, I, that was my first like connection <laughs> with you guys. And I was like, yes, Whoa, yes. <laughs> I know holding on for dear life. <laughs> I know. No kidding. Well, that's also, um, Shalel's book free to be five, five D is mm-hmm. such a, um, that is a portal into the process and way of life and community that we are. And uh, that is basically the soul heart Bible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we recommend that to anyone who's curious about us, about sessions, about themselves, because you can dive into that book and just start doing journaling questions and get into yeah. these parts and start feeling your meta soul, your gatekeeper, whatever it is. And just, uh, I can't recommend it enough if you're mm-hmm. curious about what we're talking about. And of course the, the Anna books on a grandmother of Jesus or mm-hmm. voice of the Magdalene, on a voice of the Magdalene's, those are incredible books to start feeling your, if you have a resonance personally with the Magdalene soul lineage. Um, yeah, such portals. Yeah. Yeah. I tell everyone about those books. I'm like, you guys need to know what really happened. (laughs) Like, this is the tea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you won't read about in history books or the Bible. His name's not Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Get it right. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I can feel the Magdalene's loving that. I think it's amazing. I can so feel them with you, you know, just being Aww. with you and your own journey. Yeah. I'm sure you Aww. feel that too. Their support and love for you. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I feel it. Like varying degrees day to day. Whenever I whenever I let it in, I'm like, oh yeah, you're here with me. Like, I'm all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. So wonderful having that support. Yes. Well. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Starseed Network podcast. 
And you guys can go find Kasha on Instagram at Kasha Rakshana. And you can check out the soulfulheart.org to learn more about them. They also have a YouTube channel with beautiful meditations and channeled writings. And they do live streams on Facebook. So yeah, there's so much to dive into there. And if you feel a resonance with that community, I really recommend checking it out and going deeper for me personally it's facilitated so much deep opening and awakening and it's a process that I continually use like to this day nearly every single day working with my parts checking in with my parts and bridging that to others as well so if you're interested you can always reach out to them and learn more thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and your presence i'm sending you so much love wherever you are in this crazy world have a beautiful day take sweet sweet care of yourself and we'll talk soon and uh you know don't forget to like subscribe share and do all that good stuff and check us out on instagram at the starseed network podcast and i will see you guys soon much love speaking to existence